Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Matthew. We are in what is called the Olivet Discourse. Jesus is talking on the Mount of Olives um, to his disciples. Remember, they had sort of left uh, Jerusalem to go to the Mount of Olives just after Jesus had um, um, memorably uh, let the Sadducees, Pharisees, and the scribes kind of have it over their hypocrisy. So now um, Jesus is answering the questions that they had asked, like um, what will be the, the signs of the end of the age? And so he's telling them. And um, <clears throat> he's giving them this lesson of the fig tree. From the fig tree lesson from the fig tree, learn this lesson. This is verse 32. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you know that He is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will not pass away. So what's he talking about with the lesson of the fig tree? So he's saying you got to learn from the fig tree. And the fig tree, um, he's talking about the nation Israel. Um, McGee talks about it. Um, he's talking about just the previous verse. He will send his angels out with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And is he talking about all believers? Well, McGee's saying he's talking about really the nation Israel as he's going to put the nation back together. So, uh, my study Bible could could mean um, all believers, but uh, McGee teaches that he's, he's talking about really putting the nation back together. This generation, he's talking about He's not talking about, um, or at least McGee's teaching, that he's not talking about like the lives of the individual disciples. Um, 
My study Bible, he's saying this generation refers to all believers. Um, that's one way of looking at it. But the, the fig tree itself is representative of something, is representative of the vine. Um, the Gentiles are sort of grafted into the vine, but the the fig tree itself, um, he cursed the fig tree earlier because it didn't produce any fruit. But now he's getting we're getting a lesson for the fig tree that uh, he cursed it earlier. Uh, but now he's saying um, when it becomes tender and puts out his leaves, it starts bearing fruit. You know that he is near when this tree starts bearing fruit. And uh, he's going to allow the fig tree to to bear fruit again, he's going to allow it to be put back together. So that's, and that kind of goes into his remnant of the nation Israel. He promised all through the Old Testament. He promises, you know, through the book of Revelation that we see that that remnant of the nation Israel will be saved. And so, um, I think this is, or at least McGee is teaching that this is what Jesus is talking about. The nation will not be snuffed out, even though it has gone through much, much discipline um, because of its wickedness. But it will be brought back together. Verse 36, But concerning the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. So one of the things that he's points is he's making is you've got to be ready concerning the hour of when Christ will return. Now, these disciples hearing this, they don't even know what this means, you know. They don't still understand that he's going to have to die for them and then be resurrected from the dead, that he's going to go back to heaven and then one day he's going to come back. And he's not coming back until the fig tree is ready to bear fruit. In other words, his great commission is requiring that his word is given to all generations. And he's asking us to do it. Us to carry on his walk, his journey, his purpose. Just as he did the work of the of the Father now he asks us to do the work of the Father, and that's to love one another, that's to give the gospel message out. But not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. This is sort of his second point, that the Son was subservient to the Father. So in the same way, we've got to be subservient to the Father. So one of the interesting things my study Bible points out is, Jesus is equal to the Father, but yet subservient to the Father. Jesus has all knowledge, but yet has limited knowledge about this. And that's kind of a mystery at how somebody could be infinitely knowledgeable, could have limited knowledge. But again, Jesus was completely um, subservient in human form. He was weary, he was thirsty, he was hungry, he was crucified. And my study Bible says one possibility about this is he regularly lived on the basis of his human knowledge, but 
at any time could call it to mind anything from his infinite knowledge. So he was infinitely knowledgeable, but he chooses to be subservient to the Father. And again, we have that choice too. We need to to say, you know, I may be able to do this, but I choose to be subservient to my Heavenly Father. Because you are. Um, we are infinitely sinful, wicked, and undeserving. So we we choose to, we know that, but we choose to to follow him rather than the world. Verse 37, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Again, we've got to be living being ready for Christ to come. And McGee says, there's nothing wrong with eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, but they were, they were living without giving God the glory. They were just doing their thing. But when we do our thing, we've got to be giving God the glory. We've got to be subservient to God, just like Jesus was subservient to the Father. In everything he did, we have to be subservient to the Father in everything we do. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So, um, McGee says he doesn't think that this is an example of the rapture when Christians will be taken up. He's, um, because in the days of Noah, these people were, um, they, they weren't raptured in the days of Noah because they were all flooded at some point. Only a few people were, were saved. But McGee teaches that this is judgment. Working in the field, one is giving God the glory and one is not. Or one is grinding at the mill, one giving God glory for what they do, and the other not. So that's kind of like it is um, when the coming of the Son of Man comes. Somebody's going to be giving God glory, some is not. So stay awake, therefore, um, verse 42, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. We gotta, we gotta give him the glory. We gotta be subservient to, to the Father, every day. But know this: that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was come was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready for the Son of Man. Must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour when you do not expect. When the Son of Man comes. What have we supposed to have been doing? Doing His work. Doing what He instructed us to do. 
living, being ready for Christ, giving Him the glory in everything you think and say and do. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? That's verse 45, verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing, will find so doing when he comes. In other words, doing what his master asks him to do faithfully, anticipating the master's return. Verse 47. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of the that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, at an hour he does not know, verse 51, and will cut him in pieces and put him with hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus is saying, look, you've got to live and be ready because when judgment comes, people will be judged according to how faithful they've been to the master's household. How, what kind of a steward have you been? Chapter 25 now. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like, okay, another example of the kingdom of heaven. Ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom is sort of analogous to to Jesus. They're um, giving them an example of his return. It's sort of like a bridegroom returning to, to his bride. So we've got ten virgins here um, who took their lamps and they were going to go out to meet the bridegroom. Now the way this is is that Jesus is picturing himself as the bridegroom. It was the Jewish marriage custom for the groom and his friends to leave his home and then go to the home of the bride where the marriage ceremony was conducted, often at night. And after this, the entire wedding party would return to the groom's home for a celebratory banquet. So that's how it would work. So now you've got this bridegroom coming. And the virgins were going to meet the uh, bridegroom. And then apparently those that were with him would go back um, to, the, to the house for the, for the celebratory banquet. So um, five of them were foolish, verse 2, and five were wise. Okay? So when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. Now, McGee teaches that the oil represents the Holy Spirit. You know, if you have the Holy Spirit with you, you are going to know, you're going to have a personal relationship with the bridegroom because you, you know the Father through Christ. It's your knowledge of Christ that allows you to receive Holy Spirit. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. 
Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. Verse 10, And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour. You've got to live ready, and you've got to have this personal relationship with the bridegroom. That's the Holy Spirit. That's our relationship to the Lord Jesus. So that's what heaven will be like when the, when, when the return of our Lord Jesus comes. The ones who know Him, He can know. He can identify. And it's how we know the Lord Jesus. So that's where we'll stop uh, in this, this book of Matthew. is is really powerful. We learn so much teaching directly from our Lord Jesus. What a great opportunity it is for us to know Jesus even even more. To know His words. To know His teaching. So powerful for us. So we're going to stop here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. And as always, keep your heart centered on Christ. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.